1: Hello and welcome to this extra special roundup episode of Black Hole Cinema. My name's Dan Taylor and I'm still joined by Elton McManus to discuss a number of films released between October 2015 and February 2016. In the last episode, we discussed Star Wars The Force Awakens, Hunger Games Mocking Jay Part 2, Spectre, and Steve Jobs. In this part, we'll be discussing The Rednant and The Big Short, as well as little reviews of Spotlight and Creed. But up first, we have the box office top ten. Uh, it wouldn't be a black hole cinema without one. Uh, but we can't quite do it in the traditional sense, because I can't just tell you what um, you know the box office figures were for, for last week. I can't just use the handy old box office mojo. This, this took me a good two hours to collate and put together. So uh, basically what we've done is I've pulled it all together, from um, October through until the end of February. I cheated a little bit because with the exception of The Martian, everything was released in October to February in the UK. Martian was released on September 30th, so I thought you'd let me off on a day, um, particularly because it meant that Goosebumps didn't get in at number 10. (laughs) Um, So uh, with that said, The Martian is in there somewhere. Uh, Number 10 though is bridge of spies uh fox release got uh 165 uh and nearly a half um million dollars it took around 6.6 percent of the um Uh, gross uh, take uh, just here in the UK alone Um, so we've got good taste, well done UK, but more on that later Um, Did you manage to get Bridger Spies in?
2: No, I didn't manage to squeeze that one in, it was one that I wanted to but Mm. yeah I didn't get around to doing that, it's Tom Hanks I pretty much know what I'm going to be getting but Mm. yeah, I didn't didn't get around to it. Yeah,
1: you're going to be getting Captain Phillips but with a different man Um, So, but no, it's it's on my list in fact it's, it's sitting um ready to be watched already um so I, I i will get around to it eventually um and if it's half as good as apparently the oscars think mark rylance it was then um it should be all right um at number nine is one that we've actually got coming up in the second part of the show which is creed uh, a warner brothers picture uh took 173 million dollars worldwide um It had massive popularity, as I'm sure it would, in the US. It took a staggering 63.3% of the overall gross uh, take just in the US um, alone, um, which is massive. Mm. Um, uh, Briefly, because we're going to talk about it in more depth, A star or D or F?
2: Where would I put that? I'd I'd put it as, as. B
1: minus C plus. Yeah, that, that sounds good enough. Uh, what is not definitely a C plus or B minus is next on the list, and I'm horrified that it's on the list. Is Alvin and the Bloody Chipmunk: The Road Trip? Twenty <laughs> first Century Fox, two hundred and uh, thirty three, two hundred and thirty rather uh, million dollars, and it's this statistic that makes me sick: nine point four percent took uh percentage wise in the UK making it the most popular uh country outside of the US more people in the UK watched it than any other country um other than the US even though it was released almost last only Norway um released it later so it's taken more money than anywhere else bar the US which completely then me saying Bridge of Spies, we've got good taste. We then all went and watched Down in the Chipmunks, apparently.
2: What is the matter with us? Shame on us.
1: Yeah, disgusting. Um, but it's it's also a reasonably new release. It was only released in February, so that figure might even go up further. Um, luckily, it wasn't the highest uh, kids film on the list. Um, the Good Dinosaur got that, number seven. Um, obviously Walt Disney, uh, $313 million. Um, it did very well. Um, did you take your son to see that?
2: Uh, no, I, I don't even know if I've even heard of that one.
1: <laughs> Released in December, early December, I think it was. Um, it kind of was supposed to be their kind of Christmas movie, but then Star Wars came along and <laughs> brief, you know, t- took it aside and said, no, you're okay, we- we've got this.
2: Yeah, I think if you're going to make one cinema trip it's going to be for the Star Wars, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Um, Number six, another one we've got coming up um, later on, is The Revenant. Um, Not the highest um, Oscar-nominated best feature film, though. Um, But it did take uh, $443 million. um, Audience share, 7.2%. So, you know, it's kind of putting that out in the chipmunks in perspective. Um, (laughs) um, Number five, Uh, The one, as I said, September 30th, so we're letting it just creep in there, is The Martian. Um, Fox, again, they've actually got five films um, in this top ten. So they did very well at the end of the year. Um, 628, um, well, almost $629 million. Um, Interestingly, um, did not particularly well domestically. Um, Only 36.3% um in america so there a much higher overseas um percentage which i thought was a surprise since it's all about an american astronaut with an american team and they go into space and i thought that would be you know right up american american street as it were
2: it normally is isn't it that sort yeah. of bravado Yeah, we can go save the Earth, we can go save anyone sort of thing. They lap it up over there, them crazy kids.
1: Yeah, Matt Damon as well,
2: you know. Yeah, who's more American than
1: Matt Damon to
2: actually get stuck on planet America? Bloody
1: hell. It was a shocker. Um, briefly talked about it earlier. And number four, The Hunger Games, Mocking Mockingjay Part 2. We're now getting into the juggernauts, as it were. Uh, a Lionsgate pitcher, the only one they had anywhere near um, the top of anywhere. Uh, Lionsgate had a particularly bad year last year. Um, but it did take $652 million, so not that bad. All hmm. all. Um, number three is The Shocker. And I'm surprised it's here. Um, and so early, too. Deadpool is number three. So from October to February, Deadpool is number three. It took $708 million, um, Fox's highest um, uh, release uh, during that period. Um, You didn't get to see Deadpool, did you? I haven't.
2: No, not yet, no. But I've heard good things about it, and Mm. I've heard that it is lapping it up everywhere it goes
1: yeah yeah Uh, great things um everywhere i've heard um well i also saw it so i can i can say it's great you know it's a a solid b um but um yeah no it's it's ripping it up everywhere but a big surprise as well and it's got some countries yet to release i think i think japan and china are still to go so we'll see how they um take to it um i'm I'm kind of surprised it's being released in china at all because don't they just dislike anything that's slightly racy i i don't know
2: i don't know it, it's a you're, you're opening a big gun here that I, <laughs> I can really just shoot myself in the foot with so i'm i think i'm gonna back away from that one
1: yeah, yeah they got they got well anime can be quite you know uh, if is that china or is that J- that's japan isn't
2: it that's, that's japan one, that's yeah a, yeah, yeah japan. did you see attack on titan
1: <laughs> oh yeah bloody yeah hell. Yeah, they can be bloody. So, you know, in 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 retrospect, maybe that was a comment I should have saved for, for my for my own personal use. Um, number two um, is the the highest British film, if you can call it that. Uh, Spectre, um, the uh, only Sony release on this list, um, eight hundred and eighty. Uh, million dollars worldwide wow. with the highest uk share of 15 percent. so it did well over here um but it did well everywhere to be fair um didn't do too badly at all um but um i think you only need one guess to see what's at number one um i'm not even gonna ask because i'm not even gonna say it There, we go. there we go. <laughs> two to two to ten you can guess what number one no star wars the force awakens um meaning disney had an absolutely corker of a year Um, I know Universal had a very good kind of spring-summer time with Jurassic World and that kind of thing Um, but Disney really um, pulling it home with Age of Ultron and Star Wars just those two alone just kind of eliminates everything else from from the existence. Uh, A UK share of 8.5% but that doesn't really say much the fact that it's just gone crazy everywhere. Uh, The figure at this moment in time as of about it was about 2.30pm when I finished putting this together so it was 2... £1,054,708,260. So, well done, Star Wars.
2: They've done all right, haven't they?
1: So that's the top ten. As I said, Star Wars, Spectre, Deadpool, which is, for me, the surprise. Hunger Games, J uh, Part 2, Martian, The Revenant, Good Dinosaur, the film that shall not be named... Um, Creed and Bridge of Spies. So that is the box office top 10 from October or September 30th, if you want to be pedantic, uh, through until the end of February, which this is a leap year, so they've got an extra day as well. 29th. Moving on, moving on. Up next, the Red the
0: Only safe thing to do is track a new course back up online. Then what we're going to do sit out there like a bunch of goddamn ducks
1: you and your half free son, get to walk on out. I'm talking to you. While exploring the uncharted wilderness in 1823, legendary frontiersman Hugh Glass sustains injuries from a brutal bear attack. When his hunting team leaves him for dead, Glass must utilise his survival skills to find a way back home to his beloved family. Grief stricken and fueled by vengeance, Glass treks across the wintry terrain to track down John Fitzgerald, the former confidant who betrayed and abandoned him. I don't know who wrote that, but I'm sure he didn't have a family back home. <laughs> 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 Never mind. Um, so I went into this not knowing quite what to expect because um, I'd heard the reviews and they were a bit mixed. And um, you know, I was a big fan of what um, Alejandro and Yeter did with Birdman. Um, I'm a massive fan of Leonardo DiCaprio. Like uh, up until this film, I. Almost love pretty much everything he's ever done. Mm -hmm. Um, Tom Hardy's pretty solid, um, and um, you know both Will Poulter and Domhnall Gleeson have been popping up and doing some good stuff here and there. Um, So you know, I thought you know it it could be good. You know, I'm going to ignore what everyone's saying, and you know it will be solid, I'm sure. Unfortunately, after. 50 minutes maybe 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 as much as an hour um i was looking at my watch thinking the film was about to finish not realizing that it had another hour and a half to go at least
2: oh yeah you must have been disappointed
1: yeah um it's just all i can say is just not a lot happens a lot happens but not a lot if you know what i mean mm-hmm. there's lots of groaning, grunting, um, dialogue that you can't understand because, again, Tom Hardy makes himself unhearable. And while the physical performance that DiCaprio has to put in, in comparison to his acting performances that he's done previously, this, for me, was undeserving of that Oscar win, despite the fact that I'm really pleased that he got it because of all his work that's happened in the past, Um, even as recently as The Wolf of Wall Street, which I think he was fantastic in. Um, This just, for me, it just just annoyed me. And I'm hoping that he's not going to sit there in 30 years' time and go, bloody wish I hadn't won for The Fucking Revenant.
2: Yeah, I think where they win, though... The Oscars, to me, feel like they pass it around and it's, oh, it's your time. So mm. look, look at Scorsese when he won his. He won it for The Departed. Yeah. Do you reckon he wanted to win it for The Departed? I'm <laughs> sure he's he's glad that he won it for that, but it's just because he didn't have one that they gave it to him for it.
1: Yeah. But The Departed certainly wasn't one of his worst films.
2: Oh, good, no. No, It it was a brilliant film. But yeah it's not oh it's not the one that you would have put with him,
1: no, uh, no, you
2: know, no there's so many others that would have gone before that um with leo i I have been a huge fan of his for a long long time mm. there's been i grew up uh I met a bunch of makes and we watched um basketball Diaries. I thought mm. he was brilliant in that I mm. loved that movie so so much um I like to mean Titanic. I enjoyed Titanic. Yeah,
1: yeah, I uh, enjoyed Titanic. Oh. I, I will wholeheartedly say I've seen it about thirty or forty times.
2: Yeah, you know, it's great. <laughs> I'll freely admit that I will watch it. I've got no problems with it being on. No worries whatsoever. I thought thought he was was wasn't he even in Critters two? I think that was one of his first roles. He was. In... I
1: think, yeah, yeah, one one of the ones he probably will want to forget. Yeah,
2: probably. <laughs> yeah,
1: but he
2: is no doubt he deserves an Oscar. Mm. Um, I think the stuff that we didn't see in this movie, all the behind scenes, all of him going, uh, just living out in a mountain for six months, he'll turn around and say, yeah, I deserved that for that. But we didn't see it. We didn't see any of it. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he turned in a great performance for this. I think this movie... I don't use this lightly. I think this is a masterpiece. I really do. I think the fact that it's all shot with natural lighting makes a difference. You can tell with that. Mm. There's so many camera angles where you're on someone's face and then you come out and you have a wonderful tracking shot of the surrounding area and then you're back on the face again. It's just... you're, You're... immersed in that forest mm. you feel re- you feel really connected with it I think this is a glorious movie I really do I thought Tom Hardy yes his accent was it was all over the place but I thought he put just as much effort into this as Leonardo did mm. if Leo was deserved of the uh, Oscar for that I think he's deserved of an Oscar for this as well Mm. Um, who's the guy from Maze Runner? Oh, my computer's crashed. Nuts. Um, Will Poulter.
1: I, I thought he was fantastic. He, he was brilliant
2: in this. He's kind yeah. of like the cut-price Matt Damon, though, isn't he? Yeah. He, he kind of looks like him a little bit. <laughs> it, you know. Oh, we can't afford Matt Damon. We'll get him in it now. Um, he was brilliant in it. Uh, uh, Domhnall uh, Gleeson. Yeah. He, he's turning up in everything now as well. But yeah. It was brilliant. I I thought this was a cracking movie. I thought it looked glorious. Yes, it was. It felt drawn out, but it's the same as um, Apocalypse Now. You can get bored in that. And yet people sometimes, if you find a movie that you latch onto, that you really enjoy, and you you don't want it to end, this might be one of these movies for me. I didn't want this to end. I was quite happy just going on the journey. Uh
1: Yeah. I think visually, there's no doubting um, that it's that it's stunning, and the work that goes into it, both cast and crew, um, and you know, you, you mentioned about um, the way it moves from scenery to, to you know to close-ups to um, you know to more you know um, exposition shots. the The way it moves between that is 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 exactly the reasons I love Birdman. Um, the way everything flows really nicely.
2: Yeah, I need to see that.
1: Mm. Um, And there's no doubting that Inuyoto is a very talented, talented director, and he will go on, hopefully, to continue making really, really great films, and and different films as well. Um, and, And The Remnant is completely different to anything else that you know, not just that was nominated at the Oscars, but almost like anything else that was out this year. Um, but just specifically looking at that best film category, you know, you could say that, you know, the material of Spotlight and The Big Short are uh, obviously different, but they're not two dissimilar type of films. Mm-hmm. And people were lumping together, you know, Mad Max and um, The Martian. I guess people are, are saying maybe because it's it, they're a bit more... Um, kind of um, mainstream films. But again, they're kind of these, um, you know, you've got Mad Max, which is kind of the, you know, the action um, and um, just forgot its name already. The Martian, which is obviously slightly kind of drama, comedy kind of genre, which, you know, comedy and and action are often um, overlooked and underappreciated.
2: I think people lump lump them two together because they're very red. (laughs)
1: Mm, yeah um but but and again you know uh brooklyn um you know, very typical kind of oscar Beatty type film kind of period and um, um again book uh, an adaptation again um so i think this is is very unique again birdman it was very unique um and you know Birdman was very meta, for example. That it had that going for that was that was you know, brilliant. Um, the, the little inside jokes that were direct, but you know, for people that that know, for example, the actors' kind of histories, you know, you go, oh, that's, "That's funny. I, I got that. I picked up on that." Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and, and it was in The Remnant, it's the it's the labour. It was a slog doing this film. Um, you know from all the kind of as you said the backstage stuff all the stories that we've heard you know the stuff that not only DiCaprio but all the cast put themselves through and the crew as well you know <laughs> they're, they're the unsung heroes of the film they also had to you know slum it and i'm sure i'm sure they weren't going back to um you know i'm sure they weren't going back to the lavish hotels or anything they were they were probably equally working very hard in in very very difficult conditions
2: oh no i i totally agree i, I... I'd imagine Best Grip would still deserve an Oscar Mm. just as much as Leonardo because he was still next to him taping stuff down. Taping stuff down in a snowy forest is pretty hard. (laughs) So (laughs) I would have thought he... he, Yeah, it is more like a a collective thing and he will look back on this. He'll have all these memories of making this movie and know that he put possibly his life on the line and hypothermia Mm -hmm. and stuff like that so yeah, I can see why he would relish it being the Re- uh, revenant mm.
1: yeah, you don't quite want me round, but I, I certainly appreciate it a little bit more than, than, than I did 10 minutes ago. so there we-, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. If you get anything out of it, I appreciate it a little bit more now. <laughs> uh, moving on though, um, it, I had one that came up in the box office top 10, and that was Creed.:
2: Okay, this is a continuation of uh, Rocky Balboa. The former world heavyweight champion Rocky Balboa serves as a trainer and mentor to Adonis Johnson, the son of his late friend and former rival Apollo Creed. So you haven't seen this one. Um, When you go into a boxing movie or a a movie of this thing, you you kind of know what you're going to get. You're going to get a big end fight. You're going to have all the build up to it as well. Um, This has that and a little bit more as well. Um, we have Sylvester Stallone reviving his role as Rocky Balboa. Uh, we have um, Michael B. Jordan. He was in Fantastic Four, which I'm sure he'll want to forget already. <laughs> he plays Adonis Johnson, uh, which is the son of Apollo Creed. Uh, he hasn't taken his name. I didn't th- At the beginning of the movie, he didn't know who his father was. It's kind of... A, a, he's trying to establish himself as a boxer but without using the name creed and yet finds that he needs to let go of all them walls and work his way towards the big fight at the end you know exactly what you're going to get on this you're going to get all the same beats if you've seen rocky you've yeah. seen this if you've seen rocky 2 you've seen this uh, the nice thing about this is that it does pull from rocky four which is the best one um And a little bit of Rocky 3 as well. Uh, There's a scene in this where we have um, Adonis and Rocky talking away. And at the end of uh, Rocky 3, it closes off with Apollo Creed and Rocky Balboa throwing punches at each other. And just before they're going to strike, they're having like a secret match behind closed doors. And it's always in the folklore of Rocky that there was his match but nobody knows who won and yet you you do find out who won on that match in this movie but then again is it what he says happened or is it what he didn't say that happened um, Sylvester Stallone in this I think he was superb he, he put in a vintage performance for Rocky but he's got a class in this I think he's got a real good class in it. He's played so uh, played Rocky in in all these other movies, and you know what you're getting. This one, he's the older gentleman. He's the fighter. He he doesn't know what the internet cloud is. He's <laughs> you know he's the old guy that doesn't really get it. Even though we all know, we go up to a seventy year old person,
0: they probably know what the cloud is. They. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: They probably have a tablet. They probably have their own uh, PDA of iPhone or smartphone or something like that. They're not that dumb as the world of film would like to make it out. Uh, so you do have that in there, but if you like Rocky movies or fighting movies, let's say Warrior, I think Tom Hardy was in Warrior recently, uh, you're going to get the same type of thing, but it's got the skin of Rocky wrapped around it. Uh, there are some standout out uh, camera shots in this where they do the panning thing whether it was a tracking shot or whether it was spliced up from different shots uh, I do not know but they're all seamlessly stitched together and you have nice long tracking shots of around the ring and close ups and then it zooms out as well so it's done really nicely you feel immersed into it uh, it's the only flaw that I would give it is, it is just another Rocky and if you've seen them then you kind of know what you're getting uh, there is one good scene where it spells it out in just shadow boxing it spells out this whole movie within shadow boxing and it's uh, Adonis Johnson shadow boxing along with Rocky and uh, Apollo Creed in a, uh, a a match that they had and then all of a sudden you realize hang on He's not fighting Rocky. He's not fighting from the Creed side. He's fighting against Creed. And so you see his motivation of he doesn't want to take on that name. He mm-hmm. doesn't want to use it. He doesn't want to use it as a step up uh, from where he's become. But there are some really nice touches. I would highly recommend anyone who likes boxing movies or just give it a go. I Don't turn it down. You might miss something that you really would enjoy.
1: I think it has been a year, actually, of, of films like that, um, where so often people go, oh, no, no, I won't like that, I won't like that. And, you know, I come back to Furious 7. You know, that, that film um, impressed so many people, people that had never seen a Fast and Furious film before, people that didn't think they would like it. And I suspect this is very much the same thing.
0: Yeah,
2: I would say so. Um, yeah, if if you like the everyone likes Rocky everyone likes a Rocky movie out there mm. I famously like Rocky 4 because it is the cheesiest one and he has like a robot in it and stuff like that but it, it's so cool mm. because it's 80s cheese and I can get on it but then again Sylvester Stallone looks like he's carved out of wood halfway through it and you know all the, the training stuff he's going through you think flipping out that would kill me in this, you, you have all the training sessions, you have montages. It's not a Rocky movie if you don't have a montage. And, and so you have all that there, you have all the ingredients. I think, once again, it might be a movie that you, you would normally turn your nose up at, but don't let it. I nearly did it with Steve Jobs and ended up watching it and thought it was fabulous. If you do it to this, you might regret it.
1: Moving on, though. Um, the Oscar winner, uh, the big Oscar winner, shall we say, uh, Spotlight, uh, which I know you haven't seen. No, um, I haven't, no. Um, but for me, it's, it's, it's very difficult sometimes when you get immersed in the hype around certain films. Um This was getting so much traction um, at the beginning of January. And and then when this film was released, um, there were people jumping on it. There are still people jumping on it now uh, because it's won the Oscar. Um, But I wanted so badly not to like it because I I didn't want to be one of those people. But I, I couldn't help it. Um, Basically, it's about the true story of how the Boston Globe uncovered the massive scandal of child molestation and cover up within the local Catholic church, shaking the entire church to its core. Uh, It has a absolutely... Stunning performance from Mark Ruffalo, which uh, Chris Wilson in the Oscar special, if you haven't listened to that, completely shot me down uh, when, I, when I said that. Um, but Ruffalo really is fantastic in this, but he's he's not alone. Michael Keaton is brilliant. Um, I'm always really impressed uh, impressed with Stanley Tucci. Um, he, again, is, is brilliant in this. Um, there's some nice performances as well, smaller ones, but, but still important. John Slattery is in it. Um, and Leave uh, Schneider, Um Rachel McAdams was the only one that really didn't get all that much to do. Um, so when she was nominated for Best Supporting Actress, that was a bit of a bit of a surprise. Um, but but she does the job in there as part of the ensemble. Um, but this film, like so many, I guess Oscar bait type films, mm. it, it, it is an important one. Um, it's one that brings to light something that um, it was so terrible, but it gets forgotten. Um you know it, it happens time and time again, you know we, we did it with twelve years a slave it just it just brings it back to the forefront of your mind that these terrible things do happen in the world and they 've been happening throughout history um and with this one and um like another um award nominee that we 're going to talk about shortly, the big short kind of less horrible thing as such, but again something um you Know really important in our history that happened, um, that isn't always at the forefront of our mind. Um, and, and Spotlight does such a good job um, of telling the story so sensitively, um, and, and trying not to glamorize it in any way. Um, and um, Tom McCarthy, who, who directed it, worked uh, really well with, with Josh Singer, who, who, who co wrote the movie with him, um, to try and tell these stories. Um, as truly and sensitively as possible, um, uh, the, the cast have spoken about how they, you know, they, they did speak um, to re- to real life suffer, um, you know, to people that did suffer from, um, you know, these these horrible orde- horrible ordeals, um, and you know, as always, they they, they do a lot of research, um, you know, about the about the issues that they have to to try and tell, um, and. They do do a fantastic job um and I, I came out of it feeling feeling a little bit sick um just to think that this kind of thing it does go on and it and it's still going on um because even though this situation has been you know dealt with as such um it's still something that that goes on. Um and I know it's not just uh, it doesn't just happen in in the Catholic Church. You know, it's it's it's, it's a problem that uh, you know unfortunately um has befallen us as as a race. Unfortunately there are people out there that um you know do these horrible things.
2: And, definitely, definitely.
1: Um and it's not exclusive as I said to, to the church or to anything. But um it, I think it is important to keep talking about it. Um because Otherwise, these problems will just they'll just go away, and will just stop. The, the, you know, these things will keep happening, uh, but they won't get the um, coverage that, that perhaps a big Hollywood blockbuster can give.
2: Yeah, the problem with, like you say, these films bring items that have been in the news uh, back to the the forefront of our minds. This and, let's say, the big short, which we're going to be talking about very, very soon. Mm. Uh, Just because the media stops talking about it doesn't mean that it stops. Mm. And sometimes you need to be reminded. Like 12 Years a Slave, you need to be reminded of what has happened and possibly what could happen as well. You need to be reminded. These are important movies to... Give you a kick up the bum and just realize, hang on, you know this is still happening, guys. It could be still happening, and we don't want it to happen. But the only way you're going to remember it is if we put it in a movie, which yeah. is, it's a sorry state of affairs, but it's it's a truth as well mm. because media, uh, they have such a, a a stranglehold on the way that we think and the way that they portray things, they tell us what we want to feel. They, you know, There's people still dying of Ebola, yep. and yet it's not been in the news for years and years. Mm. And we still need to be reminded. And so these movies, when they do get nominated and when they do win awards, that is almost as important as just making these movies outright, because it, it puts them on such a pedestal where we can highlight these sort of problems.
1: And, you know, regardless uh, you know, of what, what we just discussed, it is a, a solid movie. You know, it's, it's very good, and so I highly recommend it to, to anybody that hasn't gotten around um, to see it, because not only is it an important movie, luckily, it's, it's also a good one as well. And from one Oscar nominee to another, up next is our review of The Big Short.
0: Michael, how are you? I found something really interesting
1: whole housing market is propped up on these bad loans they will fail the housing market is rock solid it's a time bomb. so mike burry who gets his haircut supercuts, and doesn't wear shoes knows more than alan greenspan dr mike burry yes he does three separate but parallel stories of the u.s mortgage housing crisis of 2005 are told michael burry an eccentric Ex-physician turned one-eyed scorn capital hedge fund manager has traded traditional office attire for shorts, bare feet and supercut haircuts. He believes that the US housing market is built on a bubble that will burst within the next few years. Autonomy within the company allows Burry to do largely as he pleases. So Burry proceeds to bet against the housing market with the banks who are more than happy to accept his proposals for something that's never happened in American history. The banks believe that Bury is a crackpot and therefore are confident in that they will win the deal. Jared Venant with Deutsche Bank gets wind of what Bury is doing and as an investor believes he can catch on uh, cash in on Bury's beliefs. An errant telephone call to Front Point Partners gets this information into the hands of Mark Baum, an idealist who is fed up with the corruption in the American economy. Wow it's quite a lot to digest this film. There's quite a lot that goes on and it talks to you sometimes like you're a child, but I think with something that is so complicated, mm-hmm. I think they actually hit it right.
2: Yeah. You need to be spoken to it like a child. For yeah. This sometime it is very complicated. You, you possibly might not even get it the first time round mm-hmm. Uh because it, at some points, it is very fast-paced. Uh, it's very talky-talky. But that is what y- you should really expect That as you go into this movie. Yeah. Um, it is a case of bad people seeing a bad thing and then betting against the bad people and then yeah. the bad people letting the bad people do that and then realising, hang on, no! And then you don't want to root for anyone because you know the root cause of this and you know yeah. that you know the effects of what is going to happen at the end of it. Yeah. But it, you are watching bad people do bad things with other bad people and then the other bad people try to double-cross the bad people. And you think, you're all idiots. I yeah. don't like any of you.
1: I know, but it's, it's a bit like um, uh, DiCaprio and Wolf of Wall Street. You've got Ryan Gosling here who, for some reason, you want to root for. I don't know why. He's just charmingly like uh, um, pr- you know he's got this presence that's charming and it's actually something I've not really seen Gosling do uh, so I, certainly not to my knowledge um, you know in, in recent years he's just been kind of muttering and stuttering and kind of giving suave looks and driving off in fast cars Yeah. <laughs> and previously he was fluttering his eyelashes and uh, winning the hearts of every woman in America um, so for me, this is the first one I've actually ever seen him act properly in.
2: Yeah, yeah. But he, he does it very well. Um, yeah. Steve Carell, like you say, serious role, works really, really well. Yeah. Your, your heart bleeds for him sometimes. Yeah. Where you know you shouldn't really be, you should be mm. cursing yeah. him. Yeah. Um, but it does nice little things. Um, who's going to be oh, Harley Quinn in, in the new Uh, Suicide Squad movies Um, Manga Robbie it does this thing where it flits where it talks to you like a child it goes okay right you don't understand you might not understand this so here's uh, her in the bath yeah. And, and she's going to explain it to you. Yeah. Or here's this chef, and he's going to explain it to you using soup as an analogy.
1: his yeah. Selena Gomez at a roulette table.
2: <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. But it's done in such a way that, okay, I get that. I can understand yeah. that. It, it's very child's play, but it works very well, and it suits the movie. It, you don't feel pulled out when it does that. and. No even it's, when it, they break the fourth wall you don't feel pulled out because you no. feel as if like you're in an interview room
1: mm. it's it's that style that they decided to take that made me root for adam McKay as director um just because it was so bizarre in some in some respects um, you don't get it very often um in in movies where they where they break the fourth wall like that it's becoming quite popular in tv um, quite a few things, House of Cards, Lucifer, and I don't know there's something else that I watch that breaks the fourth for quite often, but in film I don't think it happens quite as much. Um, so to see this was really refreshing. Mm.
2: Um, one, movie, uh, one actor that we were talking about, we were talking about Mark Ruffalo just disappearing mm. into the background as yeah. an actor. Brad Pitt in this. Yeah. He's, he's very un-Brad Pitt-like. Yeah. And it works superbly well. He's... Mm. He, he's very monotone, and you don't normally get that from him. He's no. normally, I wouldn't say all over the place, but he's he's showing himself like, I am Brad Pitt, and I will act. Yeah, This, he's just your average guy. Uh, he, he just fits in so, so well, mm. and yet you don't look at it as, all oh, that is Brad Pitt with a beard. You don't think that. You just think, oh, that's that guy. Yeah. And, yeah, I... I was really impressed with this. Um, I've I seen this twice now. And, but you, you gain knowledge the second time round. I'm mm. looking forward to seeing it a third time and a fourth time. I will, because I don't think I will get bored of this, because there's so much information knocking around. And then yeah. you, the little nuances that you missed out on the first three watches, you're going to get the fourth or the fifth time, mm. and you'll still enjoy
1: it. What did you think of Christian Bale? Because we mentioned everybody else, I,
2: I've always liked Christian Bale. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I thought he played this role really well. Um, mm-hmm. The the character that he's playing, Michael Burry. Yeah, um, has he got like asperger's or anything like that? I, I do not know.
1: Um, it, it wasn't explained that the 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 eye accident right uh, that, that that was what caused him to b- behave the way he does because because of, because of the way he's grown up and um, the way he's insecure about it do you remember the very the, the very early scenes where he, his eye falls out on the um because you've got a glass eye isn't he? It falls yeah. out on yeah. the um, american football pitch and- uh, the
2: weird thing is though i i know that his character had a glass eye but i was looking at christian bale going is that glass height? Is it? <laughs> I, yeah. I, I know it's not. I know no. it's not going to. It's going to move like a normal eye, but flipping out, I was like, is that? Yeah. I'm not too like, sure.
1: Well, that's what I wanted to be like, because I, I there were times where I just would, I mean, it's immature, but I'd giggle to myself. Just just the, the way he would be looking. It's almost like if, if he were there, he was looking at you, but not looking at you. Yeah. And then <laughs> smile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that re- yeah, that really like, devilish smile yeah it, it is a devilish but
2: also childish as well yeah as if no one's really taking him seriously and then he's having conversations with uh, heavy metal going off on his uh, on his headphones yeah it's very yeah. american psycho all over again
1: yeah yeah he's very very good um but the um the the two that aren't barely mentioned and I I, i've got to be honest i don't even <laughs> don't even know their names but the the young pair And I will quickly now, but I probably should have done this before. uh, But the young pair, I thought they were really interesting as well.
2: The guys working with Brad Pitt, the ones that they've made a certain amount of money, but they want to make big, big bucks. Mm. Yes, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, it's not him. Uh, I'm not going to find him now. (laughs) Not him. Is it Rafe Rafe I
2: I can't remember their, their actual names in it.
1: Danny I feel like it was Danny
2: but their performance there is is a bit where it is spelled out to you what is happening here that and you you think okay right yeah you're making millions Ah. millions of pounds or dollars and yet I despise you with every bone in my
1: body yeah the characters there were the characters were called Charlie Geller and Jamie Shipley, uh, played by um, uh, John Magro and Finn Wittrock. Um John Magro um, been in Carol Unbroken, uh, My Soul to Take. Um, I'm sure he's been in TV as well. He looks like a looks like one of those nerdy TV kids. Um, no, he hasn't been in anything else. Uh, but I was very impressed with both of those as well. I think everybody. Involved in this gave you know, decent performances, um, and it's another one of those where it was a real ensemble job. Even though the you know the the, the four that get the top billing, as it were, um, obviously you know put in fantastic performances. Everyone involved contributed to make this a really good film.
2: Yeah, now I was really impressed with this. Um, I would highly recommend people go watch this.
1: Hmm. Um, obviously, the. It it won for best adapted screenplay, which I think is fair game, really, because they're taking a book that's almost well, it is considered nonfiction um, and turning it into, you know, a big screen experience, something that's not going to bore everybody's tits off, so to speak, yeah. um, and it's actually going to be funny and entertaining. And, and you know, there is a lot of comedy in there. It is a funny film um so to do that i think was was really impressive
2: yeah no i i would heartily recommend this uh like you said the, the comedy there there was a, a bit where someone turns to the fourth wall and you think he, he run some uh, is it uh goslin he's running off some spiel about his uh, uh money man or his numbers man yeah and just giving a load of Crock and ball to the people that are trying to invest, or he's trying to put this thing across to, yeah. and then he turns and breaks the fourth wall, and he says, "Yeah, no, actually, you know, I, I came second in this contest." You know, yeah. Yeah. It, But it works so so well. It's so yeah. it's so fluid. Yeah, it, it doesn't it, really break that fourth wall, yeah. but it it does in, they in do a do certain it, sense.
1: They do it later on where they all go um, to the convention, and uh, Steve Carell's talking to the the arsehole banker. And Ryan Gosling is doing the voiceover and saying, he's going to break now, he's going to break, you know, he's going to get really angry. Yeah. <laughs> watch him, watch him. It's just it's brilliant. And it works so well. Because you don't need to need you don't need to hear what they're saying. Because, you know, most of it, you know, you can't really understand because it's, um, it's, you know, it's supposed to be um, not to be a, you know, you're not supposed to know exactly what they're saying. Um, and I don't think you need to, because it's the, it's the reaction of these characters and this voiceover that Ryan Gosling, you know, fourth wall uh, style, in, you know, Gibbs. Um, it's brilliant.
2: Yeah, no, highly recommended.
1: So that's the big short, and that's it. Whee! <laughs> Thanks for joining us, though. As we spoke about at the start of the show, they can find you on, on numerous podcasts, but on, on Twitter at, at Elton McManus. That's uh, correct, yeah. that's right. And you can, guys can find me at Dan Thomas Taylor um, on Twitter. You can obviously find this podcast um and more at our um new home as it were at www.blackholepodcasts.com. Uh, and there's a whole array of stuff um not only uh obviously us but you've also got our sister uh podcast pick a flick um which picks and reviews films that you have submitted on twitter uh so that's an exciting little gimmick right there uh you also delve into tv uh the x cast uh, which Tony himself heads up, um, and they're reviewing um, everything X uh, files. Um, Emma Platt, um, our, uh, one of our former co-hosts, uh, she's doing Dead Meat, which is a horror special. Goes really in-depth into kind of everything that makes um, horrors so fantastic. Brand new, we've got The Retro Box. That is uh, very much like Pick a Flick, where you... Um, recommend a TV show um, and Tony and Co will go away and they'll watch it and they'll come back and they'll talk about it how brilliant is that uh, But the first episode is going to be Friends um, so if you were a fan of Friends back in the 90s then watch them uh, either love it or hate it we'll see um, and also The Composers which is currently a special um, um, on this podcast it's been going out uh, over the last few weeks uh, that one is gaining its own show uh, coming up soon so keep an eye out for that. Uh, you can find all that, as I said, on the website blackholepodcast.com or on the Twitter at Blackhole Media. Um, and we can find us on Facebook as well and on our host on ACAST. Thanks again for joining us though Elton. No and worries. See you soon um, and we'll see you all later.